just don't I just don't understand why you keep blessing me oh Lord Lord you keep on blessing me yes but I want to thank you oh Father Praise you too for keeping me from danger seen and unseen. Lord, it was you, Lord, it was you, oh Lord, yeah.
You know, as you sit here, you go through so many miscellaneous emotions. And it seems like I'd be through that by now. But every time that the Lord bestows upon me the honor to speak, I got to go through the same process. But I think it's all good, because it's his way of humbling me and making me realize that I can do nothing without him. So I appreciate the process. You know, when I was in the back, someone asked me, is there anything that the choir can do? I said, nope, just do what y'all do. At one time years ago, I used to try to orchestrate everything to make it go the way I felt it needed to go. One day I had an opportunity to do a prayer meeting and it looked like everything worked so perfectly if I just shut up. I said, from now on, the Holy Spirit needs to do its thing and I need to just do what he told me to do. So I just praised the choir and I said, y'all sang some dynamically bomb songs today. And if ain't nobody got the spirit of the Holy Ghost, then they dead. So I just thank you, choir, for what you've done and what you've sang today. Before I step into my sermon, you know, when I was last up here, I said that somebody stole my daddy's little truck. And I got my daddy's little truck back. God is so good. And I mean, we know this is a material thing, but it's the essence of who used to drive it. When I look in the mirror, I see him. And it was good to get my little truck back. It had a little wear and a little tear on it, but it was all good. So it's been washed up, waxed up, a steering wheel put back on it, and a little stereo put back. And now it's looking good, and a little anti-theft device. Even though, you know, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to do his thing. But some people have, and we'll talk about this, a reprobate mind, and they don't care about the, what the Lord says. Some will put a little worldly protection on it. And so it's nice to go out and see it in the morning sitting there shining. It's like pops back. So God is good. Amen. The other thing I want to do is give a little commercial. My neighbor went through an experience. His name was Bobby, 35 years old. He had his two daughters in the back of the car, and he was driving home one day. He had a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. The two-year-old dropped its bottle, and he got a little distracted. He bent down, he said, I tried to think about, am I gonna pick it up, now I'm gonna let it go, and she just kept getting a little bit more disturbed. So he reached back and got the bottle. Gave the bottle to his baby, and when he turned around, Lord have mercy, a tree was right there before him. He struck that tree at a full 30 miles an hour. Both his kids were buckled in correctly. He told me, he says, Carl, when the car stopped, every airbag went off in it. He goes, when I looked down, there was a piece of metal through my knee and the engine was sitting right there next to me where the gear shifter used to be. He said when he turned around, his little daughter in the, in the uh, back seat was lifeless. In the end, his two-year-old was killed instantly because of one little distraction. His seven-year-old, they airlifted her to Children's Hospital where they had to do emergency surgery because she had internal bleeding and they could not find out what was going on. Praise God, they did the surgery, the bleeding was stopped. Then they had the next problem. Her spine was severed and her hip were broken. The doctor told them that it's likely if we repair, she will not walk again. Needless to say, the whole family was distraught. When I talked to Bobby, Bobby said, well, you know, God is good. The surgery went well and they're saying that she will walk again. 
You know now, it's a tough situation, but since I listened to him and heard what happened, each day I take an account of how many times I lose my focus while I'm behind the wheel. And I want each and every one of you to try this as you go about your day. Because it's amazing how many times my focus is taken away from the road and I think about what happened to my friend and his family. So I mean, to avoid a travesty happening in your life, when you are driving, I don't care if you're by yourself or not, think about those things. When you reach for something, when you turn on something, when you rock and roll into the music and your eyes shut for a minute, it only took a second for this to happen to him. But I want you to pray for Bobby and his family. They're going through a lot. This is where my sermon says, let your little light shine. When I seen his father, I talked to him. Let him know, hey, I'm praying for the family. Anything that my wife, my children, we can do, let us know. How is Bobby? He's in a bad way. I said, how's his wife? She's in a worse way. It amazes me, and I understand it. When a man and a woman come together and they have a child, that child, I love it just as much as my wife loves it. But there's a difference because she carried it. Now, some men go through the whole pains and all that, but it's different. You carried it. And because of that, there seems to be a special connection that we just can't get to with that child. But because of that, Satan will use that to sever this family. And when I talked to Bobby, I said, you're going to have to be very patient. You're going to have to have a lot of patience, a lot of caring. You're going to have to take a lot of things that you normally would not take. I said, because God put you two together to be a family. I said, I'm amazed at how young you guys are and how much you cleave to one another. And I said, this incident cannot cause a separation. I said, so if you need to talk, you need to cry, call me. I'm there for you because Satan is not going to get in the midst and break your family up. You've been blessed so many ways. So, I mean, we want to pray for this family. But again, we want to watch our own lives and see what's going on. Be very careful about what you're doing. Amen? Because Satan is out there trying to take us out of here any kind of way he can. And even an innocent distraction could be his opportunity to strike. And it could be over for you. Amen? Amen. So, let's continue to pray. <coughs> the other thing I want to say is, you know, it's amazing. You have all these experiences in your life. My dear friend, Mark Augustine, wanted to pray for me just now. See, I said I wasn't going to do this. But, you know, I was very close to his dad. When he held my hand, <laughs> it was like, brother, it was here with me again. So, thank you, man. I'm giving you the credit, but I'm thanking your father for giving you the hand. Because it just keeps me in the loop and keeps me connected. Because the older you get, the more you remind me of him. So you keep on keeping on now. You don't have that silver hair, but that's all right. That's all right. I love you just like I loved him. So I'm sorry to have those few little moments, but I, get that, I just need to get that out the way. So before we begin to read our scripture, let us have a word of prayer. Our Lord and our God, I thank you, Father, for another opportunity to wake up 
to realize that the blood that beats in my veins, Lord, is because you set the pulse. You set the rhythm. Each and every one of us in this sanctuary today, Lord, are interconnected to you through your spirit and through your blood. Lord, not only does it beat in our veins in this sanctity of the auditorium, but it beats in the veins of all of our brothers and sisters on the streets who know you and those who don't. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that the message you have given today will ring sharply in our ears, will help us to realize that we have a light to shine on an earth that's in darkness. Father, I pray that we wake up and we realize that time is getting short and any little thing that we can do individually builds to a very gigantic momentum occasion when it's put together collectively. So Lord, we all have a part to play. And I just pray, O oh Lord, that you would cleanse me of all of my unrighteousness. And Lord, you know me better than anybody. I ask that you would bless me in a very special way and bring the words, Lord, that you would want me to say. Because Father, you know my mindset is someplace else. But today, Lord, I humble myself to you and ask you to use me all the way. In Jesus' name I do pray, amen. amen. You know, when I had the opportunity to speak, it was all done, I was ready. My sermon title, What in Hell Do You Want? I was ready. I did that sermon here 15, 20 years ago, but I rehashed it, remade it, made it new and different. I was like, I'm set, I'm good. Then all of a sudden I went to board meeting and got a whole new message. I said, man, why you got to mess me up? I was ready to go. Now I got to hit the book all over again? God is amazing. Then, for some reason, I remembered this little song from this little movie, and then I began to sing this song, and I said, you know what? This is what he wants me to talk about. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm not going to be covert. The whole message is about evangelism. That's what it's about. So I want you to listen. I want you to work with me. I want you to grab and understand. Because if we don't evangelize, there ain't going to be nobody here. I have some very good, I think, juicy scriptures that will make us think. And that's what we need to do. We need to think about what's going on and how we can impact and change this world if we just let our, not big light, little light shine. Amen? Amen. Our scripture said, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We have it. Understand that we receive mercy, and through that mercy, we don't faint. We have the power to keep on moving. We have the energy, the enthusiasm, the juice to keep doing what we're supposed to do. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Amen. We who walk with the Lord, we ain't playing. We ain't twisting scriptures. We ain't lying, we ain't cheating, we're not deceitful. We're standing up straight for the Lord and taking it the way he gave it. Straight, uncut truth. That's all we need to do. We don't need to do anything. And commending ourselves. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God, that's little g, we talking about Satan, of this world has blinded the minds of them which believeth not. Amen? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, 
should shine unto them. Satan is trying to block them from getting that light. Amen? But remember, we have this ministry. For we preach not ourselves. This is what we got to get out the way. It ain't about what Carl says. It ain't about, oh, your dress is too short. It ain't about all of that. It's about preaching Jesus. Amen? Amen. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put nobody in. But I can help send you to one or the other, depending on my attitude. And if I realize I have God's mercy and I have God's grace, I can work for him instead of working for Satan. Amen. Amen. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves are servants for Jesus' sake. Six, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined it in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to touch one quick verse because I think this describes what we do. This is in verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but we're not destroyed. This is a people who keeps on keeping on no matter what you're going through. Amen? You got to keep moving forward for Jesus. I don't care what you got. He done empowered us. So this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, I love this song. I've been singing it so long, and I guess there's different versions because our handle is different than the one I was singing out there on the block, you know. But it's all good. But the song always makes me happy. It's just as fun to sing. And, you know, my wife watches that movie with Corina Corina with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And I remember that movie so much because that little girl, the little white girl was taking care of Whoopi. And after a while, she got an injection of soul. Amen? And she began to sing that song. And then her grandfather died. And she's sitting on the porch singing to her grandmother, come on, cheer up. And she started singing, this little light of mine. And after a while, the little grandmother started rolling and rocking and started singing a song. And I was like, you know what? This is the essence of evangelism. This, I mean, it's a movie, it's scripted, but to look at it, this little child didn't even know what she was doing, but the song carried the message which lifted the grandmother up and everything got better. It's amazing what we can do if we just let go and let God do his thing, amen? That's letting your light shine. But this little song, when you listen to it, if you really listen to it in the words, it has so much power. It's got depth, and it's got a wonderful message for, for us Christians, especially Seventh-day Adventists who know the advent of Jesus Christ is coming. So when you sing it, you got to feel it. you got to know it, and you got to understand that it's real because it ain't a game here. And you got to understand that it describes a process by which we can give the story of redemption to a world that's listening and looking for something but don't know what it is. This little light of mine. You know, we're blessed to be able to witness for the Lord. Amen. To shine our little lights over the world to provide sinners a means so they can get out of darkness. So they, just like me and you, can have an opportunity to walk in his wonderful light. Now, you know, I was tripping when it says this little light of mine. You know, I'm a a car guy. I got this little light. This is a pretty bright little light. But now, you know what? In this room, it's invisible when you look up on the ceiling. But, you know, if you take this little light, that's all I have is one little light. I don't have no big one. I just have this little light. Each and every one of you have the same amount of wattage. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to think about it. If I sat up on the, on the roof and shine this down, would you see it on East 14th Street? Yeah. Highly unlikely. But if each and every one of you join me on the roof, 
if it would hold it. Ben, that roof is fixed, ain't it? Yeah, it'll hold. Okay. If we all get up on the roof at one time and turn our little light on, it would make this church a beacon of light to every sinner in the whole Bay Area. That's why you got to let your little light shine. Because when you combine it with all, now it's a beacon of hope. It's a beacon of joy. It's a lighthouse, and it's a window of opportunity for those who are lost out there on the street. Amen? That's why you got to let your little light shine. So 2 Peter says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You got some power. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation. Am I one person? Am I a nation? No, a nation takes multiples. We are a nation, and when you think about the Seventh-day Adventist church, we are worldwide. There's millions upon millions of us shining that light. Oh, my God, Satan got to be scared. He got to be scared if we let our little light shine because it don't do nothing if it ain't on. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be turned on to do something. So you got to tune it up, turn it on, and get ready to go. Amen. So in John 8:12 it says, they spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now the song, I'm going to switch it up and sing it the way that I know it to go. This little light of mine, well, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, well, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, oh, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Well, don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. See, I got to switch it up. So again, because I had to do the short version, you know what I'm saying? That's the condensed version. So again, I had to work with it, you know. Our, our hymnal was a little bit wrong for me. I was like, oh, no, but God is good. So again, we know that we're living in the last days of earth's history. Is this true? How many of you went to our seminar? You've been to the seminars. You read, you studied, you've seen it. You know, closing history is upon us. No man knows the hour, but we've all studied and we know all the signs have gone by. Now, we don't want get to get it twisted like some of our brothers. Brother Camping got things all crazy and stirred up. But, you know, I'm going to be like Mark in one early morning prayer meeting said, you know what? He at least woke up the sleeping dead. They realized, uh-oh, this could be the end. Let me try to get something together quick. So no matter how messed up they were, let me donate my money so he can do some good. People was trying to do the right thing. So he did wake up the nation, but again, he caused a great disappointment. Now the thing is, he got another date set. Lord have mercy on my wife's birthday. October 21st for the next time. I know the only thing I'm celebrating is Diane's birthday, because I know he ain't coming. But again, that's right. We want to make sure that we live by what the word says and do what needs to be done. Our job is to let our little light shine. So the way I sang the song gives me my ability to say there's five key things in that song. 
Let your little light shine. Do not hide it under a bushel. Don't let Satan blow it out. Shine it all over your neighborhood and let it shine till Jesus comes. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to take each one of those items and I want to give you some information concerning those, how you can manage to keep these things going. Because each one of them will build upon your ability to do personal evangelism. Each one of these will help you to build your spirit and build your knowledge of God so you can walk in the light, so you can spread the light. Amen? So I'm going to walk you through this and we're going to pray that the Lord is going to bless. Amen? I know he already blessed me because he woke me up during this. Maybe that's why he didn't want me to do that other sermon. So we know we're living in the end time. And one of the th things that I've noticed in my course of being here is people have changed. People have really changed. They ain't the same way they used to be 15, 20, 30 years ago. I can even say 40 years ago. And I can actually remember people 50 years ago. Whew, boy, it's getting rough. So uh, there's a whole change in demeanor of people. People now live, you can see it's self-centered. They live for themselves. They bring satisfaction, anything that they can do to get something. If they can bring themselves pleasure, wealth, fame, whatever they can do to self-satisfy, they doing it now. And the thing that's scary, they doing it and they don't care what the price is to get it. They'll rob, steal, and they'll know that I'm gonna get shot and killed, but that's all right, I had it all. And they did it 25 in a box. They don't care. I never seen that before. So people in the end time is living a different lifestyle, something that I cannot connect to, but it makes me realize that I need to turn on my flashlight, amen? amen? So the Bible tells us, and turn with me, Romans 1, chapter 1, 28 through 32. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain their knowledge. Now what that means is many people know of God, amen? There ain't nobody, even the atheists know who God is. Can't nobody say they don't know who God is. Everybody knows. Okay? But they don't want to retain. They don't want to hold on. They don't want to believe that. God then gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. When we talk about convenient, you think about being a Christian can be not convenient because it changes your whole lifestyle. You have to do everything different. I ain't eating them smoked pork chops no more. I miss them. I ain't eating that lobster thermidor no more, which my wife said changed my breath forever. So, I mean, it got better. It got better. No. So, I mean, they're not convenience. And when we say God gave them over, you know, God gave you the choice to do whatever you want to do. He don't control your mind. You ain't no puppet on a stick. These people wanted to have a reprobate mind. They've got it. So, to go on, it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, Fornification, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despitefully proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Look on the internet. Their store is full of some evil things. We talked about some of them signs, evil things. People be aware of what's going on around you. Be careful, little ears, what you hear what your eyes see, because there's some stuff going on there that you cannot control getting into your mind, getting into your home, unless you're aware of the reprobate mind. <laughs> they do evil things, and they're disobedient to parents without understanding, and you know, when you look at them out there, they don't have no understanding, they'll do whatever they want, and they don't care. You sit there, just don't make San Jose. Then they had so many killings down there, it's like, I'm scared to turn on the news. They just killing people like crazy. No understanding, malicious, no heart. They don't care. Covenant breakers, without natural affection. Unmerciful, 
they've gone crazy. Verse 32 says, who knowing the judgment of God, which is saying they know about the judgment, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. And they know based on God's word, all these things I'm doing, I'm going to die. I ain't going to live in the kingdom. Not only do they do the same, but they have pleasure in doing them. They don't care. That's a reprobate mind. You know the word. You know God. You turn against me. You do whatever you want anyway. So even though they've studied, even though they know, they don't care. They've totally turned their back on God 100%. The reprobate mind is a terrible thing. Point one I want you to think about. Do you have any of that going on in your mind? You read those scriptures later, you see any of those characteristics in you, then my God, you got a problem, amen? amen. Write it down, pray over it. So the Lord will save you from having that reprobate mind. So Lord have mercy, ain't you happy that this does not describe who you are? But these scriptures do definitely describe the state of the world today as we see it. So this is why we need to let our little light shine. Amen? Hiding under a bushel? No. Satan is trying to convince you to hide your light. He wants you to put your light away so no one can see that light or see how Jesus is shining in your life. Now, if we allow him to get over on us, what's going to happen? Not only does our light go out, but when that light goes out, that severed your connection with Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen? So now, you one of them people now. But if he begins to dim it, we do no longer have the ability to witness to a world with the enthusiasm and the zeal that we should have because our light's growing dim. And therefore, we cannot tell these people about a wonderful God who's coming back to take us home because our vision is on this earth and not on our heaven. Amen? So you can't allow him to convince you to dim it or turn it off because if you do, you're lost. Matthew 5, 14 and 15. We've read it before, ye are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill, cannot be hid. Think about San Francisco, can you hide San Francisco? I don't care where you're at, you're gonna see the city, amen? On a hill, a city cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but they put it on a candlestick so that it can what? Light up the room. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So put it under a bushel, no. You gotta let your light shine. If anything, we need a magnifying glass to make it brighter. But you know what we're saying, you can't let Satan, I mean, you can't put it under a bushel, you can't hide it, amen? Right. And realize Satan's gonna be coming at you. But remember, we are straight uncut word. Whenever you need something, you know who to ask, don't you? Don't call me, I can't give it to you. You gotta call the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then you can call call for some backup, some support. But you got to call Jesus Christ first. In the book of Acts, and we all know this, it says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me in both Jerusalem and all in San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, California, wherever, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So again, don't put it under no bushel. You know, years ago I bought this little book. Somehow I lost it. I searched everywhere for this book in the last year, and I can't find it. But if you see my garage, you'd be no, 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 you'd understand. But the book, I believe the title was Satan's Last Day Illusions. And it revealed the lies that he's telling this world. I mean, he is just blowing it up, and we just eating it up with a spoon. Like it's, you know, 
vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream with cherry. We just eating it up because we don't understand what's going on. He's mixing that truth with that air. And it seems so right. It sounds so good when you logically think it out. It's like, man, you know, that do kind of make some sense. But that's why we got to guard the avenues of our mind. Don't let no trash in your head. Well, what really stuck in my mind as I read through this book, and it was a little book, was how he's really trying to make Christians feel inferior in this world. Amen? And if you think about it, Christians will walk around like they shame. They don't want to admit, I'm a Christian. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. Uh, no, you ask Catholics. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm people scared. I don't know why they're scared to admit what they are. If you, if you a child of God and he's blessed you, you should be like, hey, let me wear it on my shirt. You know what I'm saying? But we, we be messing up. Uh-oh, I dropped my little microphone. Uh -oh. So again, he's trying to create this in our mind that we feel inferior. And what he's trying to do is make us lose confidence in the word. He's trying to make us feel that we don't understand the word. We don't know the word. We don't understand what we even think we understand. He's trying to make us think that you can't share nothing with anybody because you don't understand it yourself. You ain't convicted. How are you going to tell somebody something you don't believe it? You cussing, smoking, and acting. How are you going to tell somebody about the Lord? I don't care if you cussing, smoking, or whatever. You still tell them. Because we ain't perfect. We on the road to get right, but we ain't got there yet. Amen? You can tell them, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I got a problem. But hey, I'm trying to tell you that I'm going to work with you. You're going to work with me. And maybe we can pray this out of my hand. You can pray me out the liquor store. You can pray these words out of my mouth. But I need some help. As you share the word, you get stronger in the word. Amen? So that's why we got to do what we got to do. Amen? So again, he's trying to make us lose our confidence. And again, if he can do that, he will even make you begin to wonder, what am I following the Lord for anyway? I ain't seeing no blessings, just saying everything wrong, all these things that's going wrong in my life. What's up with this? He's trying to destroy your mind, amen? So again, he creates this fear in us. And when we're afraid, we cannot go out and share his saving grace, amen? So that's why we have to be careful. We can't hide what we have under a bushel. So one thing I, I, I dug up here, this is a little thing called making the most with the least. And it talks about obedience. No one here is perfect. No one retains everything that they've read. You know, I'm going to say honestly, I did not read the Bible end to end, back to back. I just can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't, <clears throat> I can't accomplish that goal. Now, I probably read the whole thing in bits and pieces, but I can never do end to end. It was interesting, this brother uh, came in my office yesterday and uh, I had my iPod on the table and I was looking at scriptures and I was working away and he was like, man, what is that thing? So, oh, it's my phone, it's got my Bibles and stuff on it. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, man, you, you, you're one of the brothers in faith. I said, let me show you this, man, this is really good. And he said, you know how many times I read the Bible end to end? A hundred times, Carl. I read it a hundred times. And he goes, it didn't work. I got more messed up as I read it. It's like it didn't work. I don't know what's wrong. I said, brother, I know what's wrong. You read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a book. You can't read the Bible. You got to study the Bible. You got to pray and understand that God is talking to me. What do you want me to hear in this when I'm reading? You just can't read it. Go read the newspaper. Your mind got to be right when you open the word of God. You study it. And he was like, man, I came to that conclusion. He goes, you know what I did last year? 
I bought commentaries, I bought dictionary, I bought so-and-so's word picture. He goes, I got all these books on my counter now. And I said, brother, you need to get you one of these. <laughs> everything you got, I got it right here. And I can flip through everything real quick, because I said, I'm not a book jockey. I don't want to be, re I just want everything right here. When I sit down, it's all right there. Now, my screen may get a little hard to look at, but I know if I close six of them, I get back to my original thing. <laughs> But he was like, whoa. So we sat in there for an hour, set me behind last night. I got home late. But I was showing him all the stuff, and he's like, man. I said, come on, you make twice the money I do. Years ago, I gave a sermon about having the right tools. And I said, if I can go buy a suit for $400, I can say, forget that suit. I'm going to buy me some new Bibles, this, that, and the other, so I have the right tools in my house that if I get inspired, I don't have to go look. They're all right there. I said, spend the money, get what you need, so the Lord can work with you and talk with you. And he said, man, I'm going to go look for one this weekend. I said, praise the Lord, brother. So I didn't know it at the time. But when I got home, I said, well, my light shine. That's kind of freaked out. It did work. God is good. So again, we don't retain everything. We can study, but we ain't going to get it all. You know, there's shortcomings in our minds. We're wired all incorrectly. We're eating things that's jacking us up. We're just all confused. But we still need to do these things because each time you hit it, something else is going to get clearer. Have you ever had them ah-ah uh -uh moments? You be picking up something and you go, oh, you read it 15 years ago. I get it now. <laughs> Don't that blow you out? It's like, how did I have an ah-ah uh -uh moment? I wasn't even studying this. I just see it's like, oh, <laughs> thought you had it down. God is something else. You know what I'm saying? He'll open up your mind when he needs it to be open. And everything that's in there, he can pull it out. Uh, my buddy told me this. He says, you know, as you read and as you study, he goes, I was listening to a sermon the other day, and he goes, the guy goes, you need to download what you've read and what you've studied into your heart drive. And I was like, man, that's pretty bomb. I said, I'm going to use that tomorrow. <laughs> so I have to, his name is Robert. I'm just telling him, I'm giving him license that I use Robert's thing, okay? Wasn't mine, but I'm going to use it again. Download that into your heart drives so it can be manifested in you and your light can so shine. Amen? Amen? So again, we need to realize that we got shortcomings and we need to realize where our strength comes from. Our strength comes from the Lord. As humans, this is one of the great things about humans. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't care how smart you are, what you've got going on. We always seem to need some reassurance about something. I don't care how smart you are. You may have a Ph.D., but when you try to do something else, like, I don't know how to do that. Somebody got to help you through it. You think, oh, you're a genius. You got a PhD. Yeah, over here. But over here, hmm, duh, something's wrong. So we need always that reassurance. But it blows me out that we as humans and Christians, we still need reassurance in everything that we already have learned, these things that we already know to be true. You should have it. You should get it. Now, yes, there might be some aha moments, but you should basically have it. But it's a little embarrassing for us to admit it, but, you know, that means basically we insecure people. And that's okay. But, you know, one of the things is, it's a little embarrassing, we admit it, but one of the things that it impacts is our ability to do outreach. It impacts our ability to do ministry, to go out and witness to people when we have this insecurity about what we're doing. Amen. But understand, obedience is the cure for that problem. You know, in God's kingdom, it's necessary for us to move based on the information we already have. I don't have to know the 2300-day prophecy to go do something for Christ. 
I don't have to have read the book of John to go out and do something for Christ. Amen? Amen. You can do something for Christ. You can let your little light shine with whatever you have. Now, the thing is, maybe we should kind of look at it this way. When you sat out there in one of them pews somewhere, and the preacher was preaching, and something convicted your heart to get up and come forward, that same thing that moved you to join God's world church is still in you today. That's all you need to go out and do ministry and witness to people. You don't need nothing else. Now, that might have been 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Think about how much knowledge you've accumulated since that point in time. But when you got baptized, you was running around telling everybody, oh, I got baptized. Lord, it's so good. You know what he's done for me, blah, blah. You was just telling it all. People be like, man, I wish this brother would shut up. But you just kept going and going and going because you had, you were zealous for good works. You were zealous for God. You were excited about what he did. Now, I don't know, something happened. We pew warmers. You know, we, we just cold chilling now. It's like, yeah, yeah, God's good. Yeah, we, he cool. Let me turn on some gospel music. Yeah, God is good. Just don't ask me about him. So, I mean, we got to change our mindset. We got to make our little light shine. So, again, when you fell in love with Jesus, that's all you need. You got to go out and do your thing. So you know what you know. And believe me, you know more than you ever give yourself credit for. You know more. Trust me. Because I amaze myself, and I think I'm pretty dumb. But I know more than I give myself credit for. And so when you think about these things, when you're talking to people, it's like, my goodness. You can correct people because you have that knowledge and that power from accumulating all these sermons, accumulating all those things you read, accumulating all this information that's in your mind now. You just got to pull it out. So one thing that I've learned is when we're obedient God will fulfill those gaps in our knowledge. Amen? Amen. You'll be like, uh, uh, and all of a sudden, the whole scripture come out. It's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Didn't even, couldn't do it again. But he will give you what you need for that moment to take care of a situation. Amen? So one thing I know is when we're excited, full of the spirit, there was nothing that could stop you, and you did what you did. So you got to know what you know. One of the things that will help you to do better ministry is you need to develop your own personal testimony so you can tell others what he has done for you. You ain't got to go, oh, you know, in the book of Acts. No, you can just be like, you know, well, let me just tell you a little something, something. That's your personal testimony. And when you tell your personal testimony, it gets crazy. Sometimes you cry. Sometimes you be all excited. How can somebody not get on board with what you're saying when you are giving them your light? You're letting them what God has done for you. You don't understand, man. And the more you tell it, the more excited you get. It's a crazy situation. That's why I say people, we, we, we have to realize we are a little crazy. But it's crazy in a good way when you're following the Lord. So develop your testimony. And how do you do that? Each day, think about what has he done for me. Jot it down in your diary. Put it in your palm device. Put it in your phone. Put it on a piece of paper. Put it in your pocket. I don't care what you do with it. Write it down so you know what God has done for me this day. Pick one of those things in the end of the week and go, now let me see. If I was to think through what God did to make this happen, oh, my gosh. The Lord is something else. He did this. He moved. You'll begin to see and understand how he's blessing you every single day. When I started, I told you how many times my focus was off the wheel driving. I said, but God just blessed me. God just blessed me. God just blessed me. He saved me from getting killed each and every day because my mind is wandering. I'm thinking about the sermon. It's like, ooh, I could have been gone. 
you will see how he's blessing you moment by millisecond by millisecond. Amen. So you want another way to testify, you all get a free Sabbath school book. It's free. You ain't got to pay for it. Well, yeah, you do in a way, but you know what I mean. But study your Sabbath school lesson, and you'll be ready daily to let your light shine. Amen? The other thing is, if you need help, first thing you need to do, you run across somebody, you want to start telling them your testimony. If you go, uh-oh, something going wrong, pray and ask the Lord to help you out. Amen? Do what you need to do and then be like, you know, brother, maybe we can carry this on. Let's have another conversation. Get on the phone, call the spirit first, then call somebody in your church that you know you can work with and go back with a double bell shotgun. Amen. <laughs> We're supposed to go two by two. You don't stand alone out there. You bring somebody with you. Amen. Amen. And you got a whole church full of geniuses here. Mm-hmm. Trust me, what you don't know, somebody else know. And if you get stuck on that, let me jot that down, man. I'll be right back. Give me next week. We'll come again. Can I come next week? We're going to clear this up. I'm going to bring you the word. Bring it to them. You ain't got to know it. You just need to know where to get it. Amen. You got that Bible in the house and testimonies. You got all this. You got the tools. If you ain't got them, they're here at the church. Come get it here. You got what you need to do witnessing and testimony to let your light shine. So, again, Christians, we never stand alone. The reassurance to overcome fear comes from obedience first to Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit, and then by embracing others in church fellowship. Do you walk away from here feeling pretty good? I don't ever walk away from here feeling mad with nobody. I've been to some crazy board meetings, and I was like, man, you know, we had a little hustle, but you know what? The Lord brought it home. And Carl, you was wrong in your opinion. It's good you let God manage this and shut up your mouth. Because now I'm thinking about it. Homeboy was right. And I love him for it. That's the great thing about the diversity of the church and the multitude of geniuses that we have in here. We all got something special to bring to the table. So we got to do that. So how do you even get better at this? Number one, this is fellowship. You got to be a Sabbath school. And you got to bring your kids. You got to bring your husband, your, your, your family, your kid, everybody. VBS just was over with. Now, I, I admit, I didn't make VBS this year. I didn't make a single day. I had a lot of stuff going on, but if you're available, you need to be at VBS so you can witness and see what God is doing through some of your sisters and brothers here at church. You need to be, on church, be at church on time, and you need to be in the spirit. Leave them agendas at home. When you get out the car, kick the agenda out. Let us stay on the street. Come in here with a mindset to witness, to understand God, and to see what he's got for you. It don't matter who's up here, what matter is who is in here. And you know, anything that's on these grounds is blessed and holy from Jesus Christ himself. Come here to sop it up so you can go home and do something with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, be a church on time and in the spirit. Come to AYS. They ain't working you every week. They're giving you a nice schedule that keeps it cool. Come to AYS, Wednesday night prayer meeting. Be there. Get something. All these seminars. We start off with the seminar. Half of us ain't in the room. We should all be there. And I mean, like we say, we make amends for certain timing. But I said on the a, on a weekend, if the seminar's on Saturday and Sunday, every member on the roll should be in that seminar. Pastor Johnson would lose his mind. If you all showed up, actually, if I was doing it, I'd, be, um, I, I'd, I'd probably faint. We should be there on those days that we ain't got nothing else to do. You say Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You said you want to go home. You got to get knowledge. 
come to them seminars and get it. If you can't make it Monday, whatever, make it on the weekends. I don't care if it's six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, you can make that sacrifice because in the end, you're going to walk away changed for the better if you commit and come and get something out of it. Amen? All right. So we need to be, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in study, but most of all, we need to be about our Father's business. Amen? When we read our scripture, started off with, therefore seeing, we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we are not faint. So again, we understand what we're saying, right? I had too many pieces of paper, Lord have mercy. God is good, though. Don't hide it under no bushel, all right? Don't let Satan blow it out. You know what I'm saying? That's a problem we do. So you got to know this first before we even step into this. Don't let Satan blow out your light. Amen? You got to recharge it. But I want you to understand, there's so many scriptures that will help you to know that nobody can take away what you got. So you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. That's my scripture. I'll let y'all use it. Amen? <laughs> it's all right. I'll let you use it because it's a different twist for everybody because it's what strength we need. It's what we're trying to accomplish, but that scripture covers everything that you might be trying to do and what you're going through. Amen? Amen. So remember that and use it. Read the whole book of Philippians. Read it because you can do everything. And the key is we just need to keep walking in that light so that we can, we can call on the word of God so he can handle these issues for us. John, 1 John 4, 4, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. Amen. Remember, Satan's goal is to persuade you to dim that light which dwells inside of you. We cannot allow that to happen. So one thing that we need to do, and this is a little battery charge, amen? We all got cell phones. You know, I said, hey, let me bring my, from my, my iPad, my phone, you know. You got to plug things in to get them charged up, amen? Because they're going to go out if you don't charge it up. So that's what you got to do is you got to recharge to get the energy back in your light so that when you go out, you can shine bright and not dim, amen? So to charge it, we got some things we got to deal with. So you know, some people joke about bedside Christians. Some talk about sad Venice. But you know, many of us need to admit that we got some issues with church. I don't have no issue. I made my mind up years ago when I said I'm gonna start being here. I said, Lord, I wanna make church a habit because a habit is impossible to break. Now, it was many days I came, I was like, what am I sitting up in here for? But I made it a habit. And to this day, if I'm sick, I'm going, I wonder what's going on. I'm like disturbed. I'm like, mm. I know they're doing, they, oh, they're singing right now. They're doing this. <laughs> Pastor getting up. It's 1.30, he's still up. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to be seeing people coming in from Market Street and other churches because they know Elmer's still rolling. It's all good, you know. I'm going to be over. That's why I'm throwing that in there, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, so when you make it a habit, you can't break it. You here. If you ain't here, something wrong with you. You, you just off. You're disconnected. You're disjointed. Things ain't working. Make it a habit. You need to be in here. You need to participate in here. And, you know, sometimes, like, you know, when you're preaching certain sermons, this ain't one of them sermons, you can feel the spirit moving because we're all on one mindset. We're here for one purpose, and that's to glorify God. We're here to dump the junk and get better so we can move on. Amen? So come with the right mindset. So we got issues with church. 
I mean, sometime we're late. We don't even be at Sabbath school. We're late coming in church. Be 15 minutes past, been to wrap up. Here we come. You might as well have stayed home. Oh, you came for lunch. I'm cool. Okay, so. <laughs> could be the truth. I laugh, but it could be the truth. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on. So we got to be here on time. Sometimes we're just plain missing in action. I'm just asleep. I'm just tired. I'm just staying home. I'm going for a drive. I'm watching the news. Wait a minute. We Adventists. The Sabbath is sacred to us. Get up, get dressed, and come to church. Because this is what you need to survive out there in that world. Because them reprobate mind is going to swallow you alive. You ain't no match for them if your light is dim. Amen? If you ain't getting a charge to your church, you got a problem. And let me tell you, you're going to lose. So we need to, you know, don't be missing an action. We forget about commitments, so sometimes we don't even make them. Somebody call you to do something on the board. No, nah, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. Why? I just don't want to. We need to realize when God makes the call for you to do something, you need to get it. You need to do it instantly. Don't even question it. Just do it and see if you ain't blessed. And don't have, don't, you don't have to have no confidence. Just do it because God said do it. Just march up and handle it, and then it'll be done, and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish through Jesus Christ. So, you know, some people need an excuse to come to church. Oh, pastor preaching, oh, I'll be there. Oh, Carla's up. I'm going somewhere else, man. <laughs> hello. Hello. But see, that's why we don't put it in the bulletin in advance. We smart. We done learned that one. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. They're going to be surprised when he ain't here tomorrow. I'm going to be up. Uh-huh. No. So again, you know, actually, we do that when Ben's up, you know. Moses, we scared to do it because he's so big. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to come to Moses because he might come to my house and get me. So I'm going to be here. Me, you'd be like, he ain't going to do nothing. But again, it ain't about me. It's about Jesus Christ who you serve. And many times when I introduce folks, it don't matter who up here. You're hearing the word of God. Because this ain't nothing that I want to do. Trust me. I never would have been a deacon elder or anything else. It's like, I know. You don't know who I am. But Jesus will make you do some things that you just don't understand. And still to this day can't comprehend. But you're just serving. That's all we can do. So again, uh, let me flip that page, man. Okay. So here we say, can a Christian survive apart from the church? Can you let your little light shine if your light is going out? Remember where that light came from, and this is the place to plug it in and get your little light recharged. Amen? You come to church, you get a charge. You walk away with a little bit more spirit, a little bit more knowledge. You listen to the sermon if you stay awake. You know, you still catch pieces when you get in that snooze. But, uh... You know, you come to Wednesday night prayer meeting, you're going to hear some testimonies. You're going to hear something from the word of God. You're going to get charged up. You're going to leave there going, I know a little bit more. You might actually walk in the stove and be like, be blessed. And people be like, what? Because you get a little bit more of the spirit in you that you can let your light shine. Amen? So again, when you become a Christian, you're called into a relationship with God. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful through whom ye we're called into the fellowship of this, of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. First John 1, 3 carries on and says, That which we have seen and heard declare unto you also, that ye also may have fellowship with us. 
and our fellowship is with the Father and with the, his Son, Jesus Christ. So we enter this fellowship. Not only do we have a fellowship with God, we have a fellowship with one another. Because we're all on the same wavelength. Amen? Amen? So to let his light shine, we need to think about Acts 15, 21. It kind of tells us the original practices of the early church. My version says, for Moses from generations of old hath in every city them that preach him. They were preaching Jesus Christ in every city, amen? amen. Are they not doing that now? Amen. He says, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Is that not what we're doing? We're preaching him in our synagogue every Sabbath. This is how you get lifted. This is how you get charged up. This is how you keep on moving forward, amen? amen. So this is how we keep our little light shining, amen? So then we go to, let's shine it all over the neighborhood. Now that's an interesting one, huh? It's easy to figure out because we already know what the answer is, don't we? Now, ain't no twist, ain't nothing special here. It's the Great Commission, amen? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, kindred, name in the town. That's all you got to do. Mark 16, 15, that's, that's the Great Commission. That's how you spread it all over your neighborhood. And understand, your neighborhood ain't just where you live, 3851 Oaks Drive. My neighborhood right now is where I'm at, 9658 Thermal. When I go to San Ramon, that's my neighborhood. When I'm at the store in Berkeley buying some car parts, that's my neighborhood. Wherever you go, that's your neighborhood. Turn on your light and let it shine, amen? That's all you got to do. Now, everybody heard of Charles Spurgeon, right? He's got all these books, morning and evening devotionals and such. Charles says, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you are not saved yourself. Be sure of that. So if you don't have a desire to see other people saved, you need to go back and get on your hands and knees. And you need, I said hands and knees. Lay prostate in front of the Lord and figure out what's wrong with me. Because I don't care if they saved or not. You got a problem. You ain't fixed. Your light ain't shining. I was hoping, well, oh, well, most of the time it don't come on. But anyway, your light ain't shining. It ain't even shining inside. You need to get yourself fixed, amen? amen? Pray and ask the Lord to work with you because you should have a desire that nobody is lost. Matthew 9, 37, 38. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. That always tripped trip me out that verse. The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Then it says pray. That always struck me out, it's like, pray. I'm the problem. But I guess that's what it's saying. I need to pray that I, therefore, will be part of the labor force that goes out into that harvest, amen? Don't pray that somebody else go. Pray that you prep yourself and go and get to be part of that harbor, that, that harvest, amen? Because there is very few laborers. And you working your laborers to death. They're getting old, they're getting tired, they're getting woe out. They need some help. So each and every one of us is a laborer for Christ. Oswald Smith. Now, when I used to kind of put little things in the bulletin, I used to like him. He had some very good little things to say. In this little one, he says, Oh, my friends, we are loaded down with countless church activities. While the real work of the church, that of evangelizing the world and winning the loss, is almost entirely neglected. 
Now, that's a killer statement, ain't it? Makes me nervous. Should make you nervous. Actually, I think I'm feeling the sweat coming off. So what we got to do is we have to understand, don't get so bogged down in your day-to-day activities, not only just church, but just stuff that you don't have time to take out to read a little bit and to go do something. It's good to be a hearer of the word, but it's even better to be a doer of the word. Amen? We need to get out there and do something, become a laborer, get into the harvest, so that Jesus can be well pleased with who and what we are. Amen? So we need to get busy. So it's, just think about it. Then Luke 6, 4, 6. Luke 6, 4, 6. Luke 6, 4, 6. Luke 6, 4, 6. Why call you me, Lord, Lord? And do not do the things I say. Amen. If you read it, you got to do it. If you're going to call on him, you need to do whatever he tells you to do. Amen. Without question. Regardless if you think you're equipped. When they asked me to be a deacon, I was like, Psh, I don't even know what a deacon is. I, I can't do that. They called and asked me to be hell, and I was like, uh, okay, what I got to do? It doesn't matter what he asks you. You just do it because he called you. Nobody else did. That voice on the phone may sound like somebody you know from the nominating committee, but it's Jesus himself working through that person. And that's why they called you to do something. So you can't call and say, turn me down. You're turning God down. Amen? So when they get busy in the next coming years, don't say no because it's going to impact your spirituality. And sometimes what they ask you to do It's because Jesus knows this is what you need to have that sticking power so you don't go nowhere and lose your mind. Amen? So again, shine it all over the neighborhood. Now we're going to talk about the real deal. Let it shine till Jesus comes. Now you done got your batteries charged up. You ain't going to put it under no bushel, no. You know it's about evangelism and outreach. Amen? So now we're going to let it shine till Jesus comes. John 12, 46. I come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. Amen? So again, it's about that flashlight. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4, 5. Oh, actually, this is going to be a multiple thing. I'm sorry. No, that's it. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. So again, it ain't about me. When we bring in stuff, it ain't about my opinion. It's about what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Now, to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Christ, when we go out and talk about the gospel of Christ, that is evangelism. Jesus gave the great commission to the apostles in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So the same thing he told them, he's telling you. You got the same marching orders. Amen. You got the same marching orders. Go tell it. It ain't no big hard thing to do. We done talked about all these things. You should be equipped and be ready. Go tell it. If people have not heard and learned the gospel, how can they obey it? In 1 Peter 4.17, the question is asked, what shall be the end of those 
that those that do not obey the gospel. First Peter 4:17. What shall be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? The answer, 2 Thessalonians 1:8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's pretty heavy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Are you obeying the, God? Are you obeying the Lord? Are you doing what he's saying to do? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. This one's a little weird, but it's harsh, but it's true. 2 Corinthians 5.11 gives us a little reasoning here. It says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So we understand if we're not about our father's business, we understand his vengeance. If we're not doing what he says, we're going to be in that lake of fire. Understanding that, that should give me a little motivation, you know what I'm saying, to do the right thing. So it's motivation. But I mean, God's word don't play. He says what he means, and he means what he says. So we have to read and study and realize that if we ain't doing what we're supposed to do, letting our light shine, things ain't going to be pretty in the end. Amen? Being a Christian, you have to be convicted. And I mean, you know, not all of us can do everything, but you can do your part. There is no excuse to not be involved in some type of personal evangelism. There is no way that you cannot do it. Because you're here because somebody else did it. Somebody encouraged you. When I felt Brother A Sr.'s hand, I wouldn't have lasted as long as I lasted if it wasn't for him calling me and touching me and praying with me and reaching out to me. Elder Childs, all them brothers. Brother Gilbert, y'all don't even remember him, but Brother Gilbert woke me up when I was sleeping to make me realize this is the only way. His wife, with the Jamaican accent, got me into the zone. Everybody here is doing some kind of personal ministry, so do what you need to do to make sure that somebody has an opportunity to meet the Lord. Amen? Amen. So teaching the lost is the work the Lord has commanded you to do. Successful evangelism is done one person at a time. Evangelism, evangelism is not only done in distant lands. And I mean, we can't all go you know, to the Philippines and to China and all these places. But one thing that's good, I can write a check. And I know the 3ABN, 3 the Hope Channel, all these magazines, they get there. I can get $5. If everybody gave $5 in the Adventist church, they'd have billions of dollars to operate from. And they can evangelize where I can't go. My problem is right here in Hayward or in Oakland, we got to reach those that are right here next door to us. And we feel good, I'll write a check. They'll go do their thing, and I can sit down and not do nothing. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We know that we're supposed to do what he has commanded us to do, and if we ain't doing it, there might be a problem. I don't know for sure because I'm not him, but I'm reading his word, and it's like I need to be about my father's business. Amen? So again, we need to teach our neighbors and friends and those around us what's going on so they have a chance to meet the Lord so they can be successful in their relationship and they can get to the kingdom. And one thing I know that I can say with all my heart, when we do what the Lord has says to do, it's 